0: Oh really, do you believe that God still works miracles? I believe it. I believe it. And so I want you to, how many of you would like to see the miraculous in your life? Maybe you can think, I need the miraculous in some areas. I want the miraculous in my life. 2 Kings chapter number 5. Familiar story to some. Watch this. Verse 1. I'm going to read quickly. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. This is a Syrian, a leader of an army, the captain of the host. He was honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. I want you to notice that's quite interesting, isn't it? Syria is not Israel. Israel. But the Lord used a Syrian to bring deliverance to Syria. Must be working on something. The Lord must have something going on there. And he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. You know, every one of us seemed to have one or two or three or some of us, you know, we got 20 or 30 of those things like that that are like, but he was a leper. And it can seem to take away from all the other. Well, the Lord wants to deal with those things. But watch, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria? For he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told the Lord, saying, his Lord, this is Naaman." Somebody overheard that and went in and said, thus and thus said the maid that's from the land of Israel. Well, somehow this word got back to the king of Syria. Which would make sense because Naaman would report to him if he's a captain of the host. And the king of Syria told Naaman, hey, go. Go to, Go. And I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. And so Naaman departed and took him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, ten changes of raiment. He's taking all this stuff with him. He brought the letter to the king of Israel. saying, now when the letter has come to you, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter, he rent his clothes. And he said, am I God to kill and to make alive? That this man to send to me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he's seeking a quarrel against me. The king of Israel said, we know it's not possible for a man to do this. This king must be trying to pick a fight with me. He's trying to start something by sending this. Isn't it interesting? A Syrian captain and a Syrian king had more faith in the word from an Israelite maid." Than the king of Israel. Sometimes an unbeliever has more faith. That's not what I want to talk about, but let's keep going. Verse 8. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel, somehow the word got to Elisha. I don't know if somebody ran and told him or if he just perceived it in communion with the Lord. But he, when he heard the king of Israel rend his clothes, he sent to the king and said, Why did you rend your clothes? Let him come to me. He'll know there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses, his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him and said, now watch, this is important. Verse 10. Elisha sent a messenger to him. And the messenger said, go wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh will come again to you, and you'll be clean. Sounds like a miracle, doesn't it? Next verse. But Naaman was mad. You don't think he'd be mad, do you? You think he'd be like an answer. But he was mad. And he went away and he said, behold, I thought. I thought he, Elisha will surely come out to me, and he'll stand, and he'll call on the name of the Lord, his God, and he'll strike his hand over the place, and he'll recover the leper. Isn't this something how we can get a picture of how God's going to do a miracle? I mean, you read that verse. It says, Naaman was mad, and then he expressed his heart, what was in his heart. I thought, you know, he's just going to come out. And when he comes out, he's going to stand in front of me and recognize me for who I am as this Syrian captain. And then he's going to strike his hand over the place. And he's going to declare the name of the Lord. And the leper, it's going to be quite grand. <laughs> Sometimes you build a miracle up in your mind. It's not hard for God. It's not hard for God. Now I want you to notice something right here. Naaman just got a word from the Lord. You believe that? Of course you do, because you know the rest of the story. But imagine you don't know the rest of the story. Naaman just received a word from the Lord. Through the prophet Elisha. But Elisha didn't say it to him directly. Elisha said, go tell him. No doubt Naaman heard the messenger say, Elisha told me to tell you. I don't know what that sounds, but it was a word from the Lord, wasn't it? It was an answer. It was an answer to his need. It was a miracle in the words. But he was mad. He was this close, Brother Joel, to his miracle. It was right there. But he was mad because it wasn't what he thought. It wasn't happening the way he thought. Yeah. Verse 12. He's still talking, he's got direction, but he's still talking. Anybody relate to that? He's got direction, but he's still talking. He's got direction for a miracle, but he's still talking. He's still arguing over the direction. He's still debating the direction. He's still reasoning about the direction. He's got a word from the Lord that he came for. And the word holds a miracle. But he's reasoning and he's arguing so much. He's angry. He's even got himself worked up over it all. Pride's a crazy thing. Pride to keep you from a miracle. And he says, are not Abana and Farfar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in those and be clean? And you know what's interesting about that statement to me? Is it seems he was willing to receive some of the word. He wasn't negating the request to go dip in a river. So there was something in him that was resonating that there may be something to this idea of dipping in the water. But then he wanted to put conditions on how and where And he began to, see, he forgot what his need was because pride got in the way. He forgot the problem because of how he thought the solution made him look. The man didn't come out. He's sending me to a dirty river. Why? Remember, Naaman's not traveling by himself. Probably would have been easier if he'd have been by himself. Of course, he may not have ever seen his miracle. He's got everybody else around him. What are they gonna think if I? I mean, here I am. I got my entourage. I brought all the gold, all the silver, all the garments. I'm ready to make a nice, big, grandiose protocol exchange. I'm gonna. We're really gonna do this up, and it's gonna be great. And I'm gonna get my miracle, and all of my entourage is with me, and. I go to the king. The king sends me to this man. I'm excited. They're seeing how the king treated me. They're watching and here I am. And I get to his house and he doesn't even come out and say hello. What's more important, Naaman? Your pride or your miracle? So he's debating. He left went in a rage. He's still mad. He he was mad. Look at these words, wrath, rage. It wasn't like he was just bothered. He was mad. And his servants came near and spoke to him, and they said, My father, if the prophet had bid you. See, even his servant understood. It may have been the messenger that spoke, but he was speaking on behalf of the prophet. The servant didn't say, if the messenger had told you. He said, if the prophet had told you. If the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, if he would have appealed to your ego, wouldn't you have done it? How much rather then when he says to you, wash and be clean. Next verse. Apparently there was enough convincing in the voice of the servant that Naaman went, he down, he dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, And his flesh came again like to the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Naaman received his miracle. I have a question for you today. What brought his miracle to him? Was it the word of the Lord that brought it? You're scared to answer. (laughs) (laughs) What brought his miracle? Well, the miracle was in the word, wasn't it? The miracle was in the word of God. But he had to go beyond hearing the word. And he had to walk in obedience to the word. A couple, three of you over here, I heard you saying obedience, obedience. Maybe some of you back there too. Obedience was the difference between the Word of God being fulfilled in his life and him returning home the same way he came. The difference between the miracle coming to reality and the miracle just being something God intended but never fulfilled was the man's willingness to humble himself and obey the Word of God. I find it interesting. We don't have time this morning. But you start going through the Lord as, a, as he's dealing with me about this. I, I just start running through all these Old Testament things that start going through my spirit. You remember the woman, that, uh, the Shunammite woman that the prophet was by the river, the brook Kidron, and it dried up and birds had been bringing him food and all this stuff. You remember that? Well, I mean, what a miracle that ravens would, scavenger birds would bring him food every day. But the brook dried up because he had prophesied that there'd be no rain, and the rain stopped. The brook dried up, and the Lord said, "Hey, get up, go. I'm going There's this woman. I've already told her. She's gonna take care of you. She's gonna. She's gonna handle your need. You just go, and she'll take care of you. She's gonna sustain you. I've commanded her to sustain you." And so the prophet gets up and he goes and he walks in. He sees a lady. The Lord doesn't. It doesn't seem to tell her his name. He just tells or tell him her name. He just tells him where she lives. So he goes to that community, he gets there, See, he's in obedience to the Lord. He goes in faith, in obedience to the word of God. He gets there and he sees a lady gathering some sticks together. And it must be that the spirit of the Lord reveals to him, that's the woman. And so he says to her, excuse me, today's English, you can go read it in King James. He says to her, excuse me, ma'am. Sorry, I wasn't going to pat you on the shoulder. uh, I know you're not a ma'am. He says, excuse me, ma'am. Would you mind getting me a glass of water? And she says, sure. And she goes to get him water. And as she goes, as the Bible says, as she was going, he said, oh, hey, 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 excuse me. One more thing. Would you also mind making me a little cake to eat as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the water was one thing. The cake's a different matter. How far are you willing to obey to see the miracle? She turns. She says, sir, I'm gathering sticks because the reality is I just have a little bit of meal left. And I just have a little bit of oil left. And my son's at home. And I'm going to take the oil. And I'm going to take the meal. And I'm going to make him and I something to eat. And we're going to eat what I make. And sir, then we're going to die. in your Bible she was at the end and the man of God doesn't say oh I'm so sorry oh I under, you know I understand I must have spoken to the wrong person oh no God wouldn't have sent me to you because he would have sent me to someone that had all of the means therefore it would be a non-issue No, you know what the man of God said? He said, it's almost like he didn't hear what she said. You know, we could learn from that. When you have a word from the Lord, it's probably wise not to just entertain all kinds of other noise and just stand on that word. The prophet had a word. And so he wasn't, I I don't know that we can say he wasn't concerned about her situation, but her situation was not an issue to him because he had a word from the Lord. He didn't have to know how, he just had to obey. And the Lord said, I've commanded her to sustain you. All he knows is, well, I don't know about that. That sounds like pretty dire. Maybe this is what's going on in his mind. Sounds like dire circumstances. But I've heard from the Lord. And the Lord said, now there's no indication that he told her, oh, I get it. But the Lord told me that and the Lord this. You know, sometimes we want to lay it all out to try to convince people. No, people have to determine I've heard from God or I haven't. I'm going to obey or I'm not. And so he just says to her when she said, well, I'm going to make this cake and we're going to die. He says to her, okay. Make me one first. It sounds so, what's the word? Uh, callous, doesn't it? It's the, danger of, it's the danger of word needing to make you feel good. Sounds so callous. There was probably people in that town that going, here comes another one of those prophets just trying to take our stuff. He just said, "Nope, go make me one first. Brother Joel, she's this close to her miracle. And the miracle hinges on her next choice. The miracle hinges on her next choice. Will I obey the word of the Lord? Or will I carry through with my own plan? It, mar- it, it just, it's beautiful to me, but yet it amazes me. There seems to be no fight in her spirit. She had stated her case. The word came again, and she went and obeyed. And the Bible says that the cruse of oil never ran out and the container of meal never ran out as long as there was a famine in the land. What opened the cruise of oil? What opened the barrel of meal? The word of the Lord and obedience to it. Feel like the Holy Ghost is asking, "Why are you not just doing what I've asked you to do?" It's interesting when we read in the in the Gospels, we find this in uh, I think it's Matthew fourteen. Yeah, Matthew fourteen. Let's go there really quick. Jesus, with the help of his disciples. They had just fed 5,000 people in this chapter. And uh, with five loaves and two fish, you know that story. He blessed it, broke it, told his disciples, feed them. And the disciples started passing out food. And they just kept passing out food and kept passing out food. They finished. They gathered it together. And Jesus then, verse 22, right after that, verse 22, straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, and it was tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea... They were troubled, and they said, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. They didn't recognize him. Verse 27, but straightway Jesus spoke to them. Here comes the word. Straightway Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, watch Peter. Lord, if it be you, bid me to come to you on the water. Lord, if it's you, give me some direction here. Yeah? Next verse. And he said, come. Uh, Lord, could you tell me how I'm supposed to do this real quick before I just, I mean, there's a boat, there's water, it's a little stormy. I'm willing, Lord, but I need more instructions. One word, Peter. You ask, I answered, come. Well, there's nothing in between those first four words and what comes next. Matter of fact, the only thing that's there is and. Which seems that it's just a continuation of the thought. The Lord said, come, and... When Peter was coming down out of the ship, he walked on the water. What brought the miracle? The word of God and obedience to the word. And he did something that had never been done before. By anyone other than Jesus Christ. The miracle was in his obedience to the word. You know, oftentimes what we want when we need a miracle is we're like Naaman. If that's We, we want the man of God or some person of God, a man or woman. We want them to come, stand in front of us, strike their hand over the place, declare the name of the Lord, and everything be fixed. Yeah, I mean, we try to practice it here. Come stand in the altar and we stand. oh, I hope they'll come pray for me and say the name and strike. The, I mean, I know we don't use those words. But let's not be too tough on naming here. Because where is human. I, I want to, I want some, you know, but don't ask me to do something that. Makes me have to humble myself. Don't ask me to do something that's beyond my comfort zone. Don't ask me to get out of a boat. Don't ask me to use the last of meal. Don't ask me to stretch myself beyond a place that I can't explain. Don't ask me. Just, just strike your hand and fix it, Lord. Make it better. Do the miracle. Let me declare the name and let it all be good. And I know he's done that and he'll do that again. at t- But there's times where the word of the Lord says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. And you've heard the word, and the Lord says, Now I'm waiting on obedience. Your miracle is only as far removed as your obedience. Woman, just make the cake. And the moment you do, your miracle begins to flow. The miracle of the word of God was wrapped up in obedience to the word of God. I want you to... I'm not trying to um, make the scripture say something it doesn't. But I want you to see something the way that it, it stood out to me in my spirit as I was in the middle of the night thinking on these things and it felt like the Lord was just continuing to deal with my heart. And I feel like He's dealing with me about this because there's a miracle in front of us. Individually, collectively, I, I don't know, but I'm telling you, there's a miracle in front of you, it, but it's going to require obedience to the word of God. I feel like some of you in this room already, you already are holding on to a word, and God is waiting on you to act. And you've been maybe arguing about which river it is, and you've been arguing because of your pride, and, you've been, and the Lord is just saying, I've spoken, I'm waiting. Would you pray with me right now before we go any further? Lead us, Lord. Lord. Let our ear be sensitive and our heart obedient. Let our ear be sensitive and our heart obedient. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, Naaman had to go down into the Jordan River. He did it. and He had to dip seven times. Peter had to step out of the boat onto the water. This is what stood out to me in those two examples. And I'm I'm sure there's probably others in scriptures. I just didn't go digging and looking and searching. I just know how the Lord was dealing with my spirit about this. In both of those miracles, those men, when they stepped in obedience, stepped into a different dimension than they'd walked in before. They entered into a place and a dimension they had not walked before. The miracle is about more always with God. The miracle is always about more than just fixing our stuff. With God, a miracle is about taking us to another dimension that He would have us to walk in, live in, believe in. I hear James saying, faith without works is dead. What is the works? We know it's not earning a miracle. The works is obedience to the instruction from the Word of God. We know from the writer of Hebrews, chapter 11, we see all of what we call the heroes of faith. And we see how by faith they did all of these things. Well, the whole book of faith, the whole chapter of faith is about works they did. But these weren't works they did in their own thinking or of their own idea or of their own mindset, of their own, you know, trying to produce something in and of themselves. The works were obedience to the word of God that came to them. By faith Noah built an ark. Where did he get the idea to build an ark? By faith Abraham offered his only son Isaac. Where did he get the idea to offer his son Isaac? By faith Gideon, oh, well, where did Gideon get his idea of a pitcher and a lamp? And where did all these ideas come from, these works that these men and women did that we read about there? It was the word of the Lord. And they acted on the word of the Lord. And in their obedience to the word, the writer of Hebrews called their obedience to the word faith. Faith. The expression of faith is obedience. Would you stand with me here this morning? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you just talk to the Lord? where you are right now I'm trusting and believing that the Holy Ghost is talking to you as He chooses to I'm trusting and believing that His Word is talking with us as He chooses to come on would you step out in faith today would you step in faith and where the Lord when it seems that Some of you, maybe several of you, the Lord has already been given instruction and He's just simply waiting. Come on, would you step out? I'm opening this altar to you today. Would you step in faith today? With a willingness that says, Lord, what you give me to do, by your grace, I will do it. Reach into my heart, let it be obedient to your voice. I pray an anointing upon the ears that they be sensitive to your word. Father, where my pride or my ego or any element of such thing has argued or got in the way, where my human reasoning or logic would try to contradict rather than simply agree and obey, I submit it to you this morning. I submit it to you in faith. You are still a God of miracles. I submit to you, we want to walk into the dimension that you intend us to live and walk in. As the people of God in this hour, we want to live and walk in the places that you intend for us throughout these valleys in the lives that we're interacting with and where you've connected us across these valleys. I pray the working of your word and spirit in, with, and through us according to your divine purpose and plan. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we trust in your word. We trust in your word. We trust in your word, Father. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lay the need out before him if there's a need this morning. Why don't you open your spirit and express it to him in faith right now. In the name of Jesus.